Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to be with, with you once again this week. Back here for the second week to teach and preach here at the Mount Juliet campus. This is a great day to be in the house of the Lord as we are coming today from Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 19 through 25. 19 through 25. And we're focusing on our charge this month to the church charge to gather, grow, and go. And today, our message, we are centering around the portion of gather. And our message today is why we gather. Why we gather. And we're pulling this here from the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, which is for a long time, it was thought the authorship was from uh, the Apostle Paul, but down through the years, the author is now agreed upon to be unknown. Some speculate that it was Paul, some Barnabas, some Timothy, and so on and so on, but the author is simply unknown. But this is the Word of God. And coming here today from Hebrews, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse 19, and if you would stand for the reading of God's word. And we give reverence unto the reading of God's holy word, beginning at verse 19. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you, and you may be seated. And as I said, our message today is why we gather, why we gather. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this day. And Lord, now I just give, ask that you give me by the guidance of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just lead me through this message to give an uplifting message, a message of guidance, a message of 
encouragement through God's holy word. And now, right now, we're just careful, Lord, to give you honor, praise, and glory. I ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at our message today here, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. And just pausing for a minute and thinking about that this is alluding to the high priest who would go into the innermost part of the temple once a year to offer sacrifice, the blood of the animals for himself, for the people, to make atonement for the people's sins once a year. And keeping in mind that this was the high priest. But now was a time that Jesus was now the new high priest. God had a plan. It was a plan for mankind. It was a plan for us. And in this message today, we want to see why we gather. It's all about Jesus Christ. Why we gather. We gather to honor God. We gather to hear from God. We gather to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And as we look at this passage here right now, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, by the blood of the Lamb of God, who was without spot or blemish. You see, the old way was now vanishing away. We look there at the beginning of chapter 10. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. And we look also at chapter 9 of Hebrews, beginning at verse 7. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins, committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. While the first tabernacle was still standing, it was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with foods and drinks and 
various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. Reformation. That is the time of change. A change was now on the horizon. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we would now, men would now have access to God Almighty. We could go boldly before his throne of grace and mercy. No longer would this manly, fleshly high priest be needed to go in once a year. Jesus Christ is our high priest. You see, it was now going to be a new way of living. Wasn't going to be the daily sacrifices, day in and day out, and then the once a year atonement. It was going to be a new way of living by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus Christ, which would consecrate, make holy this new way. To enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Through the veil. In Matthew 27 and verses 50 and 51, it talks about where he cried out with a loud voice. And then Jesus died. And the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. We'll look at Hebrews 9. If we'll go to 26, we want to take our time and, and really see why we gather Hebrews 9. Verse 26, beginning halfway through the passage, it says, But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus sacrificed himself to take away sin. His body was the veil. We see there in Matthew 27 that the veil was rent in two. And that now people had access to the Father through Jesus Christ. Access to the Father through Jesus Christ. That's good news. That you can go boldly before the throne of mercy. Today, you can go down and pray. When you became, became a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, it was a new and living way for you. It was a new way to live. I don't know about you, but it was for me. 
old things were passed away. And now there was a new way to live before me. And so it was for the people of Israel. There was now a new way for them to live. And as we see that his body is this veil and that the old was now going to be passed away, that the New Testament would be in effect. We look at 2 Corinthians, the third chapter and sixth verse. Paul said, made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Spirit of Jesus gives us freedom. It gives us liberty. Through the veil. Now as we go over here, back just a little bit in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Once again, seeing Jesus as the focus of why we gather. A lot of times we get caught up in a lot of other things, but it's all about Jesus Christ, why we gather. This was a new and living way that was being given to the people. Look there in the 10th chapter, at verse 5, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ for all. Through the body of Christ. Through the veil that is his flesh. Keeping in mind that his body. We gather for a communion. Communion with Jesus, to commune with him. Communion means fellowship, intimate fellowship, to have fellowship, intimate fellowship with Jesus and with one another, with fellow believers. And then when we partake of the Lord's Supper with the bread which represents his body, which was broken for you and for me. 
we give thanks as he did before he took the bread. But it represents his body, which was broken for you and for me. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And then with the cup, in the same manner, he took the cup with the wine said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. And this also do in remembrance of me. So we gather to remember the Lord Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for each and every one of us. And each time that we eat of the bread and drink of the cup, we do proclaim his death until he comes. This is why we gather. It's an intimate fellowship. And having a high priest, verse 21, over the house of God, having a high priest. Let's look at chapter 4 of Hebrews. Chapter 4 of Hebrews. Chapter 4 of Hebrews. And verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. See, the other high priest that went in once a year for the people, he couldn't do that. That high priest was not without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, his priesthood is forever. Man dies. Those chief priests, those high priests, down through the years in the Old Testament, they would die. Their priesthood would end. The Lord Jesus Christ, his priesthood is forever. We look at chapter 7 of Hebrews. Verse 23. It says, also there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's why we gather, because he intercedes for us. He gave us access into the Holy of Holies. 
the tabernacle that was not made by man's hands in the heavens, that we can come into the presence of God Almighty. As we go back to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water as one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. They had all the different ceremonial washings and, and rituals that we talked about earlier. But now when Jesus had came, after the 400 years of silence, remember back in Mark we studied about a few months ago, that Jesus came and he was baptized. And the voice of the Lord said, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. And from that we gather and we know and recognize that when we are baptized, it represents the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we die to self, that we are buried, and that we are resurrected in the spirit. That's why we continue to gather, because we have been called by God into the fellowship, the communion with Jesus Christ. Take a look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, and verse 9. Saw this the other night in, in Starbucks. I was drinking a little coffee and working on the sermon, and I, I almost got up and tore up the place. It said that God is faithful. We gather because God is faithful, by whom you were called. The Hebrews have been called by God. You and I have been called by God. Some, your calling has been a little bit more distinct and louder than others, but the calling is there. As a little boy growing up on Low Road here in Mount Juliet, we would be out in the fields. I grew up on a farm. And my mom would step on her back porch. We would be deep in the fields, in the woods, riding horses. And she would be calling my name and my brother. Timmy, Quentin. And we could barely hear it, but we could hear it. And we knew to start heading home. And the closer we got to home, the louder her voice rang out. And so it is with all of us here today. The call has been sent out. Some are hearing it more clearer than others. 
but just keep drawing closer and nearer to the Lord, and it'll become more distinct and clear and loud. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. As we go back to Hebrews 10th chapter, Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The Hebrews right now, they were undergoing persecution. The believers in Christ were under persecution. And that's when you have to remain strong in your faith and in the Lord not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes along in our lives daily. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another, not to just look on our own things, but Jesus said, I mean, Paul said there in Philippians, but on the things of others we just learned about a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and not to esteem ourselves better than others. Love your neighbor as yourself. Consider one another and stir up love. Stir up the gift, the Holy Spirit that is in all of us. Love. There's faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these three is love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We are to encourage one another, help each other to finish our course. As we are running this race of life, casting aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us, let's help the individual next to us. Help people to unload those weights and sins that they have upon them. Not to just be concerned about ourselves as an individual, but encouraging one another, being kind to one another. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. You know, sometimes I can be real tenderhearted. Other times I struggle being tenderhearted. I'm an old football player. It was all about being tough, being mean, and being nasty, trying to knock somebody out on the field. 
And then the script was flipped in my life, and then I became a preacher. All I knew was trying to put my elbow in somebody's mouth. But the Bible says to be tender-hearted, kind, forgiving one another. But here's the kicker. Even as God in Christ forgave you, he always takes me to that. As God forgave me in Christ. He forgave me in Christ. He forgave you in Christ. It's up to us to forgive one another, to always forgive seven times 70, on and on and on. We get upset with each other, then we forgive and love one another. It's okay to get upset. But don't let the sun go down on your wrath, on your anger. We can't let anger fester in us. We have to go ahead and forgive one another. This is why we gather. And so much more as you see the day approaching. So as we continue to to study here in the book of Hebrews. And next week, we'll be coming up on growing, growing in the Lord. But today, as we get ready to leave here today, we want to focus on why we gather. And as I close, and as the praise team begins to come forward, the opportunity is here today for us to rally with one another in prayer. If you need someone to pray with you today, the opportunity is now. There may be someone in your small group who, who you know an area in their life that they need prayer. You may want to put that on the cross, somebody in your family. It may be your personal need. The invitation is open today to have communion with the Lord Jesus Christ and partake of the Lord's Supper. But as we take it today, let us discern what we are doing. Because Paul said there in 1 Corinthians 11 that some of you are sick, some even dying, because people weren't discerning what that meant, and it is the body, represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for you and for me, and the drink represents his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. So as this time as they begin to sing, consider why you gather. Consider why we gather and consider the sacrifice of our Lord and Jesus, uh, Savior Jesus Christ, that he gave the ultimate sacrifice once and for all, for you and for me, gave his body as the veil that we could now enter into the presence of God Almighty. So if there's anyone here today, if you want to join me, 
and partake of the Lord's Supper. Let us do so at this time.